This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. It's me, Roz Dresfalez. <sighs> I'm having a good day. You know, despite the the Black Mirror episode that we're living in, it's okay to have happy moments and to embrace those while in this mess of a world we're living in. I'm having a good one today, and I hope you are too. I just got off the phone with... An actor that I absolutely love named Harvey Guillen, who you might know from What We Do in the Shadows, which is a TV show I adore. He plays Guillermo, and he is going to be on the show next week. And boy, does Harvey bring it with the stories. So look out for that. Today is a listener episode, which I love, and I would love for you to be on a listener show if you got a ghost story. So as always, please email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and write listener episode in the subject line. I love listener episodes, and I can't wait to record next month's soon. So get those stories to me. Or if you would like for me to read your ghost story on the show, you can put it in the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. And I was actually just looking through the Facebook group and a lot going on in there. This one right here came from 
Jessica, listen to this ghost story. Jessica says, I'm brand new to this group and to the podcast. Welcome, Jessica. I absolutely love it, especially as a person who's grown up having had multiple experiences with the afterlife. I have so many stories, but this one creeps me out to this day. I was about 10 years old and my mother, brother, and I were staying with my grandparents at the time after my parents got divorced. My grandmother used to run like an in-home hospice care for people at the end stages of life who couldn't afford actual facilities. Side note, I have no clue how legit this business model was, but I was also 10 and didn't know any better. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That being said, we had a lot of people pass on in that house. Now, You could tell there were multiple energies in that house, and most of them were positive and even playful. There were always small instances of activity, like the rocking chair moving when no one was sitting in it. Classic. The old-school saloon doors to the bar would start swinging like crazy. Small things moving on their own. Things out of nature. And honestly, no one really paid any attention to it. However... I did feel at least one negative energy in that house, almost like a heavy fog washing over everything. In one instance, I was laying in bed completely awake when I felt that negative feeling wash over the room and almost instantaneously felt something sit on the end of my bed and then a weight on top of me. A wave of coldness rushed through my body and I was unable to move. It lasted like that for at least a minute, and afterwards, I begged the spirit to leave me alone. I later found out that a man had died in that bedroom and was bitter until the end. I do think his spirit was lingering and probably just angry that someone was in his space. I still felt his energy after that instance, but never experienced anything else with him. Also, on a different night while lying on the same bed, I was facing the door and could see into the hallway and watched a full set of legs run past. No top half, just a pair of pasty ass legs. (laughs) That one was creepy, but did not feel menacing. (laughs) What? Thank you so much for sending me that. Now I'm going to be thinking about pasty ass legs running through my hallway tonight. Thank you. Okay. Today, I had the honor of speaking with four listeners, and here they are. On with the show! Hello, Caitlin! How are you? Good. How are you, Roz? So good. Where are you? I am in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Well, I was looking at the email you sent me, and it sounds like you've had a lot of ghosty experiences. I do. And I've recently just come to terms with the fact that they all were in fact paranormal because I just sort of kind of was like, oh no, it's, it's fine. That's not a thing. Oh really? You're like the opposite of me. Where yeah. Just anything. I'm like, uh, that was a ghost. Moving on. <laughs> well, what, so what are, what are some of your stories? What's, what's like the first thing that happened? So I think the, well, first of all, like my, my like, draw to the paranormal was the fact that three of my grandparents died within 15 minutes of each other on Halloween in 1995. That is more than a coincidence. Right. 
So I've kind of just started like a quest to find them. And instead of finding them, I have literally found, I think, a little bit of everything else. <laughs> really? So what do you mean? You like actually sought out contacting them? Um, no, but like I have this extremely morbid curiosity with the Ouija board. In fact, I collect them, but, and I like keep them in my house. Like I display them. I like shadow box them and everything, but I don't actually use them. Like I'm too terrified to use them. Well, how did you, so, you know, that's what I did. And then I still had a ghost, even though I didn't use it or I had some kind of energy. Has that happened to you? No. So every board that I have has either been custom made or like the classic one that I've literally taken out of the box and unwrapped myself. Got it. Okay. The only one that has had any sort of activity, like even remotely attached to it is the one that I got in a witch shop in Gettysburg. (laughs) Like I should have known, but I still (laughs) needed the board. Had it been used? I unboxed it. But that doesn't mean that somebody might not have returned it. I don't, I don't know. Oh my God. I never even think about that. You could just like use a Ouija board, get some kind of demon up there and then be like, yeah, I'm going to return it. I want my 15 bucks back or whatever they originally bought it for. Right. Right. I'm just like, oh, okay. Maybe the witch shop in Gettysburg wasn't the best location, but (laughs) we, we have it now. Well, what's your story? You went to um, Sleepy Hollow and what was going on there? Yes. So back when I was like 1920, uh, my friends just messaged me one day. They're like, hey, we're going to go to Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Sleepy Hollow, New York. And I was like, like the Sleepy Hollow? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to hop in this car and we're going to road trip. So we get to the cemetery and we get out and it's this huge, like beautiful Gothic cemetery. And we're just walking around looking at the different headstones and the mausoleums. And my friend, he keeps asking me, he's like, do you feel okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. What's wrong with you? And he's like, no, really, are you fine? I'm like, I'm great. Why? And this just continues the entire time we're walking around. So at the end when we decide we're going to like load up and go find something to eat, we stop in front of the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery side and we take pictures and didn't think of anything all well and good. So after dinner, my friend asked me a final time, like, do you feel okay? I'm like, I am fine. Why do you keep asking me this? He's like, I didn't want to freak you out, but there was this girl following you around the cemetery. What? Yeah. And I was like, "Mm, you couldn't have told me that before I like got, in the car uh so I could say like you're not allowed to follow me home he's like well I didn't I didn't think about it then he's like I was just freaked out and I was like uh yeah okay so now why did your friend think that she was following you because like every time that he would look over like this girl would just be standing behind me and that's all he would tell me he wouldn't tell me what she looked like he wouldn't tell me anything else and at first like he's kind of a drama king and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So we head back to his apartment in Pennsylvania and I'm sleeping in their living room. They have like a trundle bed and I have to sleep with the TV on. I've had to do that my entire life because if the TV's on, nothing can get you. Obviously that (laughs) is very wrong. Well, you know, what's crazy is that some some theories believe that, you know, electronics like that being by you at nighttime are releasing 
electromagnetic frequencies which could fuel a ghost and actually do the opposite so i'm sleeping and somewhere at like three o'clock eyes pop open i'm like looking at the ceiling and i'm like something is in this room and i'm like no no mm -mm. he's he just freaked you out it's fine so as soon as i think that the tv goes to static and I'm like, okay, you must have just rolled, rolled over on the remote. Everything is fine. And then I look in the corner and everything is not fine. And there is something that looks like Samara looking at me as I'm laying in this living room. In the ring? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh my God. Um, but it wasn't, it was like Victorian night sleep. Not like, not like a Samara, but like. I don't know. I don't know how to describe her. I don't like her. We're not friends. So did she have hair covering her face? She did. She did. But it was parted just enough that I could see her eyes looking at me. Oh my God. So what did you do? So I couldn't scream. I, I just literally just like broke it down. I'm like, well, this is happening. So um, we're just going to close our eyes. And when we open them, she will be gone. And that's what happened. So I literally gathered all of my belongings within my arm's reach. I did not say anything to anybody. And I just left. I got in my car at 3.30 a.m. And I just, I just booked it the hour drive home to my, to my house. Now, I live in a rural area. So when I got home, like I was just sitting in my driveway and there's trees everywhere. And I'm just like, okay, you just have to get to the door. You just have to get to the door and everything's going to be great. So I get up and I go in and everything's cool for a little while. So we're having a party one night and like my house was always the house that everybody came to hang out at, hang out at. And it got really hot in my parents' house. So I went downstairs to change into shorts. And the way that my room was set up is I was in the basement. I had like a suite in the basement. Um, there was like a living room to your left and my bedroom to the right. So I was going into my bedroom and I look over and I see an outline of a person that's darker than the shadow that's already in the room. Was so it a little girl? It, it was about her height. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. So I look at, I look in the room and I'm like, I'm just going to put some shorts on. I'm going to go upstairs and I'm just going to let you, whatever you need to do is fine. So that's exactly what I did. I went in, I put my shorts on and I went upstairs so then the name calling started and like I would be in my, in my closet, which was this huge walk-in closet. And I'd hear first, it started off with somebody like whisper, like right, right behind my ear, my name. It'd be like, Caitlin. I'd be like, yo, mm -mm, I don't want to do this anymore. God. And then it started to mimic my mom. And I'd like fly up the steps and be like, yeah, mom, what do you need? And she's like, nothing. I didn't call you. And I was like, all right, stop messing with me. And she's like, I swear I didn't call you. So, okay. Then, then the door started. And my, and this is where my mom starts to believe me now, because first it just started with my bedroom door. Like the, the handle on my bedroom door would jiggle while I was sleeping at night. And, um, I had like these little bells, um, like that hung off my door and they would jingle too. And I would just be like, okay, it's fine. Everything is fine. This is great. 
And then I'd be at work and my mom would message me and she's like, do you not feel good? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Why? And she's like, why did you come home? And I'm like, mom, I'm at work. What do you mean? Why did I come home? She's like, well, I heard the front door open and closed. And then I heard your bedroom door open and closed. She said, I heard the bells. She's like, you didn't come home to change or anything? I'm like, no, I've been at work all day. And she's like, oh, okay. So, yeah. What? <sighs> yep. Now, this you think is 100% because of your trip to the cemetery. I think this is, she's attached to me because she, she followed me to my yeah. new house. So, to like, um, I would hear... Uh, well, now, how long has this gone on for? Like, what? How long uh, were you at your parents' house that it was happening? I'm 28 now, and I left about three years ago, so 25. So it's been, I was like 20 when this all started. So it's been eight years. She's still there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been trying to get rid of her recently with sage and stuff, but every time I sage, things just get worse. Or act oh up again. Oh my God, Caitlin, this sounds I, terrible. Yeah. And I start, she's now, she has opened the door to my bedroom and like paced around. This is when I'm still at my parents' house and like paced around my bed. And I like scooched over to like give somebody the space to lay down because it wasn't abnormal for my friends to just come in at 3 a.m. if they had a fight with their parents or something like that. And then I realized that there was nobody in the room and that. You know, like I heard the door slide across the carpet. I heard the, I heard everything. I was awake. It was not sleep paralysis. It was nothing. And that's a thing that happens. And wow. My boyfriend. So what's happening nowadays? Okay. So since we've moved, um, there's only one room in my house that I don't like. It's in the basement again, and it's completely finished. It's not scary. And I call it the scary room or the demon room because, um, it's the only room I feel uncomfortable in. And so when we first got our dog, Lucifer, um, he, I was home from work one day and he was laying on the back of the couch. And all of a sudden I literally watched him go from content and I was just loving on him and petting him to every single hair on his body, just staring up to snarl growling with teeth and literally like chase something back into the room that I couldn't see. And he got to the, the, the doorway and he barked a couple more times and he just walked back to me like nothing was wrong. Well, hey, it's nice to have the guard dog that can scare her away. Right. And I think Voodoo sees her too because Voodoo has just started acting up as well. Like I'll hear the closet doors rattle in Voodoo's room because yes, my, my dog's Who's have a Voodoo? room. Voodoo oh, is Voodoo's my corgi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. And she doesn't like him either. Like the doors have started to rattle in my closet. Uh, like at my closet when we're sleeping I'm starting to hear like women screaming in my house there's been three knocks on the basement door that's closed to go down to the basement on the opposite side as I'm leaving the house oh that's not good and last week I woke up and all the water in the house was turned on and you I think I cut you off but you were saying something about your boyfriend yes he doesn't believe me I'm true classic horror movie he's like this is stupid you're making it all up he's like i and he's witnessed some things too especially last week with the water and before like we before we moved the final night in my parents house we were uh, just packing things up and getting things ready and we were sitting on my in my living room and we have like this like front porch 
And we live in a rural, my parents live in a rural area. Nobody has any kids. Nobody has any grandkids. I shit you not. I heard somebody, we heard a little girl giggle and call for mommy. And he heard it. Your boyfriend heard it too. He heard it. He acknowledged it. And he's like, I'm sure it's just a kid in the neighborhood. I'm sure. I'm like, there's no kids. There's none. So has she followed you to places that are not your house? Like, have you ever encountered her other places? I haven't. No other places. Has she? I mean, she might like follow me and I just don't know it. Yeah. Because I'm one of those people that I sense and hear things and like kind of see things in my mind, but I don't like see things outright except for that. The first time she made her presence known, I've never seen her physically again. Now here's, if this is a movie, I would guess that the way that the relationship would end would be, you go back to the cemetery. What do you think about that? I've thought about it, but at the same time, like I don't, I'm not trying to pick up more. Oh, yeah. She might have more friends. She's like, girl, you got to come with me. It's fun over here. We can mess with this poor woman. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. That's terrifying. Now, did you ever talk to that friend about this that you uh, first went to the cemetery with? Yeah. Um, he and I are don't talk as much anymore, but we're still friends. And he doesn't know, like, half of the story at this point. But I, yeah. I, I have what not, about that first night? What, what, when you left in the middle of the night, what did you? Of tell course, him I why? told him why I left, and I was like, I don't know if it stayed with you or it came with me, but if it did, congratulations! You're the proud owner of a very scary <laughs> presence in your house. What well, did he did? Did he report anything? Um. Well, he his apartment was haunted before we went, so I don't know if it was her, if it was whatever was in his apartment. So got it. Yeah. Now, did you, did you, you never asked him what the ghosts look like in the cemetery, right? Um, no, we did actually, uh, I was like, let's talk about this. Did she look like this? And he was like, absolutely. And I was like, great. (laughs) Oh my God. This is terrifying. So what do you think you're going to, to do? Um, so I think I'm going to start working on like on my like spiritual communication skills. I'm not as scared of like a pendulum and and a, and a pendulum board with not me holding it because I think that people like whether you try to move it or not, you do and like a hook. So I think I'm going to start trying to work on that. I've just started like tarot card reading and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to try and like see if I can connect with this thing and if i can't like get her to uh get out of my space and if not we'll just continue to live in harmony i guess if you're like me you're always looking for a story to dive into whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve the key to getting hooked is the details i need rich visuals and intricate storylines honey And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hello, Pony. You're in L.A.? I am in L.A., yes. So what's going on? You live in a haunted house? Um, I don't anymore. Oh, okay. I moved out about five years ago, um, but I lived in it for about six years. Really? And what happened there? I did. Uh, well, it, a lot of stuff. <laughs> what part um, of L.A. is this? So it's in an area of L.A. called Arlington Heights, Okay. which is kind of like mid-city, like Pico Crenshaw area. Got it. Um, do you know where that nightclub, The Catch, is? uh jules catch yes yeah yeah, yeah. jules catch one so that was right at the end of my street oh wow okay yeah um so uh moved in around christmas 2009 um things were fine we were there for a couple of months nothing seemed to happen um and in february of that next year um the first thing happened uh we had some friends over and kind of we're talking about the house and you know how we got into it and and when we've found the house we've we just found it on craigslist and it's uh this beautiful 1905 craftsman completely restored a husband and wife were renting it out um and when we were looking at the house i just kind of playfully asked the wife um so is it haunted and her immediate response, like deadpan, was, oh, no, I've saged it twice. It should be okay now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I actually, like, and, mid-city LA, there are so many gorgeous old yeah. craftsmen over oh, there. Yes. And, and I, this was, like, amazing, amazing. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that live over there, and I always ask as well, is this place haunted? And I have not <laughs> encountered any myself yet, but I, they, I have... I can only imagine that a lot of them are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> she she tried to sage it, uh, but <laughs> right. didn't take. Okay. Right. So uh, so okay, moved in. Everything was cool. We had some friends over. We were kind of talking about the house. I, you know, that kind of became an anecdote, like you know, telling the story of how we found the house and what she said, and you know, because it was funny. And and I'm not somebody that like goes looking for this kind of stuff. But I'm also not somebody who is like, you know, poo-poos it immediately. It's like, I'm open to this. I, I believe this happens. And did you believe and it before this incident? I did. Yeah, I did. But I didn't, I never got a weird vibe being in the house ever. Like even after stuff started happening, I never felt scared or like, 
oh, I'm not alone or nothing like that. Everything, the only time it was weird was when stuff was actually happening. Okay. And then it would just go back to feeling normal. Um, But we moved in, we had some friends over, we were talking about it. Um, They left. And then, you know, my partner and I, we went to bed. And at about 4, 4.30 in the morning, we both were woken up by just some crazy loud noise. And what it was is that the TV downstairs had turned on just on its own, but not at a volume that we would ever watch it. It was so loud that it sounded like it was in our bedroom. Oh, God. And so... <laughs> Did you think it was a break-in uh, or something? I No, I we just were like, wow, the TV's on. Like, that's strange. Mm-hmm. And so, and we had two dogs at the time. And so they, they weren't freaking out. So, yeah, I mean, if someone had broken in, there would have been like total chaos. But so he just went downstairs and turned it off and then came back upstairs. <laughs> and I remember he said, um, God, I wonder if this is the start of the haunting. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so perfect and exactly exactly yeah and so we just kind of were like huh that's funny and then just went to sleep and then um a couple other things happened I mean there were like a couple like pretty intense things that happened um none of them really scared me except I had two that really really scared me like um what were the things that didn't scare you Uh, so I had a friend over, he was staying with us for a couple of days and we were, you know, day drinking and then we decided we were just going to take a nap and then get up and go to dinner. And so he went into our guest room, I went into our bedroom and my partner at the time, he was at work. So it was just us and the dogs. And so we, you know, just took our naps and woke up and then I went downstairs and he was already downstairs and he said, why did you come into the bedroom when I, you know, and I was like, I, I didn't come into the bedroom. <laughs> and and he said, yeah, you came in when I was asleep. He said, I, I, it, it woke me up and I pretended to be asleep because I didn't want you to bother me. <laughs> and he said, but you, you walked across the room and got and went into the closet. And I said, no, I didn't. Went into the closet. Yeah. Like open the closet door. And like, you know, was wrestling around in the closet. And I said, no, that wasn't me. And we're the only two people here. So I I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I love how you say this didn't scare you. Right. But it he was scared. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, like nothing really happened after that. And then like about maybe six-ish months later in this, I, you know, when I was preparing to talk to you, I found an old email that I sent to a friend that kind of had a breakdown of dates and what happened. So it really, it was really helpful. Yeah, I bet. So, so around, so I noticed a pattern too. It was like stuff would happen like in clusters, like two or three days at a time. And then like nothing for a couple of months. And then it would be another cluster of two or three days of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And it was really strange, but, um, so nothing happened for like six or seven months. And then like December of that next year, uh, we were home one night and it was just one of those rare nights. It was really quiet. Like no TV was on, no music or anything. I was working on my laptop on the couch. My partner was just kind of snoozing next to me. The dogs were asleep in front of the fireplace. And just out of nowhere, like there were footsteps across 
the master bedroom, which was directly above the living room, like heavy booted, like work boot footsteps. <clears throat> like it was definitely like a man vibe. Mm -hmm. And it just like, it's like I could tell that it walked from where our bed was into the closet in the bedroom. And it, it just like, it, it that was kind of freaky. And yeah. it was it was even freakier because one of our dogs just woke up right away and like looked up at the ceiling. Like, what was that? So that was that that was the same room that your friend was <laughs> sleeping in? Um, no, uh, he was in the guest room. I was in the bedroom. So there oh, okay. were definite like hot spots in this house. Yeah. Like upstairs was a definite hot spot. Like upstairs, we had three bedroom or we had three rooms. There were two, there was the master bedroom, a guest room, and then a room that was used as my partner's office. Mm -hmm. And so there was just all the activity that happened really was kind of in that area. And then <clears throat> there was another area downstairs that kind of the way the house was set up. It's like, if you walked into the kitchen from the entryway, you were basically walking underneath the stairs. Got it. And there was a lot of like activity in that space too. Um, so yeah, like there was the footsteps and then a couple days later I got a call at work from my partner and he said, Hey, have you been home? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm at work. You know, what's going on? He said, cause I just got home and all of the dogs are locked in the bathroom upstairs. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It was crazy. And like, I kind of tried to, when I was looking at, like, looking back at all of this, I was trying to, like, connect the dots in a way of, like, it seemed like it was almost like a weird call and response type thing where, like, like, the first thing happened after I was talking about it with people. Like, it was almost like, oh, okay, you're going to talk about it, so I'm going to show you what's really happening. And then the set, like, the footsteps thing happened, uh, so my partner and I had two dogs together, but he also had a dog that he shared custody with, with his ex-wife. Mm. And so we would fly that dog from New York to LA every oh, wow. year for six months. <laughs> I know, I know. He was worth it. Great dog. Oh. Um, and so he, it like the dogs getting locked into the bathroom, that happened like just a couple of days after he'd gotten there. So it was almost like, okay, there's a new energy in the house. I have to kind of like show them who's boss. And oh wow, yeah, it was crazy. Was that like so they the dogs were in the bathroom? The bathroom was the door was locked. You couldn't get in. It it sorry, it wasn't locked. I shouldn't say locked. Oh, okay. It was closed. But it was like one of those like I mean, it was an old craftsman, so it wasn't like a door that easily closed. You yeah. had to turn the handle to close it. Totally. So it was like. Okay. So the dogs also, did not do, do that. You, how did you wrangle three dogs into this bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> so, and they were big dogs. They weren't small. So, um, yeah, so that happened. And then um, things were quiet for a while, about a month or so. Um, a lot of stuff, like, I'd forgotten some stuff happened until I found th this email to a friend. And it was like, I'd forgotten that one of our dogs specifically seemed to be, like, really affected by this. Like, he was very, like, aware of, like, what was happening. Like, he would wake us up at night. He'd be pacing and staring. And, like, he'd almost be, like, like, you couldn't get him out of this, like, space that, you know, we would call his name. And, like, he just wouldn't respond to us. Mm. 
and it would just be like this weird little trance like he'd stare in the closet specifically like in our bedroom there was something happening in that closet that he just didn't really like um wow yeah it was not it was it was crazy but um then i think like uh around like the end of january we had some friends over for dinner and of course we were talking about it and uh everybody left we went up and went to bed and so the street that we were on a lot of people parked on that street when they would go to the catch and you know they would like pre-game and stuff and it was no big deal like whatever um but sometimes they get a little rowdy and loud and so when we were going to bed it was probably around midnight and so there were some people out on the street kind of like just getting to the club and they were being a little bit loud and I just whatever I just fell asleep and then I woke up a little bit later to a noise and I thought it was the same people I thought that I just kind of drifted off for a few minutes and then woke up but it was like four hours later and what I actually was waking up to was the in my partner's office he had his computer linked up to like big speakers for like you know he would produce music and stuff and his iTunes turned on and started like playing like super crazy loud like but the thing that I noticed was it wasn't just playing really loud it was getting louder like it was turning up it was music or yeah it was music and it but it was just like super loud it was really weird it was like all of the electronic stuff because that happened a few times like the itunes thing where it would just turn on and play his music it was always like at a a volume that we would never play music yeah especially at that time of night so it was very strange and that one was a little scary that was when he was like, wow, that was kind of weird. And I was like, yeah, you think? Yeah, remember when you said <laughs> when the TV turned yeah, on? Yeah, like, <laughs> you called it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just like a huge list of things that I could go through. Yeah. Now, did you but, see the ghost ever? Um. Yes and no, maybe. I don't know. Like, <laughs> okay. So this was the, this was, the, I had two incidents that really scared me. This was the first one. So I came home one night, it was probably around midnight. House was quiet. I think he was upstairs asleep. And I walked, I was walking through our entryway to go into the kitchen. We had a, a half bath that was downstairs and I was going to walk in and use the bathroom. And so I was walking through and I was in that little space where you're underneath the stairs and I heard a noise behind me and I thought it was one of the dogs and so I turned around you know to greet them or whatever and there was nothing there and I don't think the noise was produced by you know a ghost or whatever I think it may have just been a house creak or whatever but when I turned back around there was a face in front of my face (laughs) I mean it was like inches from my face Oh god! And that is it, like the ultimate, like, like <laughs> freak, like a, the, such a, a horror movie trope totally, or whatever. And turn this totally. way, and when you look back, there's something. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and I like, and it wasn't a face like a human face. It's hard to explain. It was like, have you ever been to like a county fair where they take apples and like carve a face in and then let them 
dry out so they look like a shrunken head. <laughs> I can't say I've ever <laughs> seen that, but I can imagine it. Google it later. Okay. It'll, be, it'll make sense. So it looked like that, but it was orange. And it it just it's so hard to describe because it wasn't like I saw like hair or, you know, a body or anything. It was just like, just the face. And like, but was it the size of an apple or was it like a human head? It wasn't, no, it wasn't like the size of a human head. It was smallish. It was probably around, yeah, like the size of an apple. And it was like my brain and eyes took a second to like adjust to what was happening. And as soon as I, as soon as like everything came into focus, it like shot backwards and I, it's so hard to describe it, like shot backwards into like, it just disappeared. Oh my God. It was crazy. That, that was the craziest thing that happened. And it scared me so bad. I bet. I ran upstairs, jumped under the covers, <laughs> I pulled them over my head and I had like a very serious conversation with whatever entities were in our house. I just was like, look, I am fine with you living here. I have to live here too, but you cannot do anything like that again. Like you can't scare me. That's really not fair. Yeah. It's interesting and, how much that's kind of like a roommate conversation. Right. Where it's like you have to sit down and be like, listen, you got to pick up your dishes. Yes, exactly. Like, look, man, you cannot just show up in my face. Like, no, never. <laughs> With your yeah. little county fair apple shrunken head head. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, and nothing really, nothing like that ever happened again. Like I saw like a little orb and, and it was orange. Like, I think that was kind of its color, which is interesting because I looked up years later, I looked up orange orbs and I think orange is like protection. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if like what was going on or, you know, why it, why it did that. But, um, you know, in that same space under the stairs, I, I had, I felt like a hand run over the top of my head. Like it was just kind of caressing my hair down. That was also kind of strange. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. Now, was it cold? I feel like we don't hear so much on this podcast that, but I I always thought that like, you know, people always talk about ghosts being freezing cold, but then I hear a lot of people touch, getting touched and they don't say that. So what was no, your experience? I, I wouldn't say that it was cold. I mean, it definitely um, created like a shiver for me, but not because I was cold. It was more like, oh, yeah. whoa, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Wow. So, so then you just eventually you you moved out and that was it? Um well, my partner and I are no longer together. He still lives in the house. Really? Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any activity or or any of that, but I so th I mean there were like a few other little things that happened, um but the the last thing that happened before I moved out um was uh, also something that scared me. And um, so I was upstairs. Uh, I had just taken a shower. I got out of the shower. And at that point, we were just down to one dog. Um, <laughs> and she was standing on the landing upstairs. And she just was kind of 
you know, she just kind of wanted to play and was just kind of dancing around. And she had one of those like antlers that dogs chew on Mm. and it was just sitting on the floor and she stepped on it. And when she stepped on it, it kind of like popped it out from under her foot and like slid it toward me. And so I put my foot on top of it and pushed it backwards toward back toward her. But what it did was it slid between her, her feet and went into the office behind her. And when that happened, I thought, God, wouldn't it be so weird if it like came shooting back out at me from, from the the haunted office Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, nothing happened. And so we just, she didn't want to play anymore. And so we went downstairs and about a minute after I got downstairs, the iTunes turned on in his office again, crazy, crazy loud. And I, I was home alone and I like, totally freaked out. I ran upstairs and I just started like smashing buttons and like, pulling cords to make it stop because I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. And I remember I ran outside and I called him and I said, you have to come home right now. Like I can't be in this house alone anymore. Yeah. And yeah, that was the last thing that happened. But um, did you, you know, ever find out and, history of it? Oh, so I'm glad you asked that. So I, when stuff kind of started really ramping up and happening, I called the wife of the, the, the couple and asked her, like, you mentioned something about saging and, you know, what happened in this house? And she told me that her, they had bought the house from the children of a couple who had lived there for, you know, 60 years or something. And the, they both had passed on. I don't know if they died in the house, um, but they both were in late stage dementia. And at one point, I guess the wife used to lock the husband in one of the bedrooms upstairs. Like when they would both get so kind of, I don't know, like in their disease and they were just not thinking. And so, yeah, she would lock him. I, I think she, it, if I had to choose one of the rooms upstairs, I think she locked him in the room that was his, that was the office. Mm-hmm. Cause that seemed to be like where most of like the real activity was happening. Like the iTunes would always turn on in there. Um, yeah. But I think Did that's this woman say what, what would happen to her. <sighs> no, she, cause they never lived in the house. Oh, okay. they, they bought it and completely restored it and then just rented it out. Um, but she said that when she was upstairs, you know, working on, on the, you know, painting and stuff like that, that she used to get, uh, just weird vibes is all she really said. Mm. Um, and she said just the history of the house was that it was built by a family that had moved to California from Colorado. Like that, I mean, there really wasn't any other history that she had found other than that. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Well, this is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this. Thank you for having me. I I adore you. I love your show. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I can't wait until I can see you live. Oh, yes. I I can't (laughs) wait until I can do that. (gasps) There's a ghost in my house. Hello. Hello. Hi, Rachel. Where are you? I'm in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Oh, my God. Well, thanks so much for calling. Oh, no problem. 
I want to hear about this time that you saw a full-blown ghost. What is up with that? Well, honestly, I keep forgetting it happened because it seemed so normal at the time. What do you mean? (laughs) It wasn't spooky. You know, you've had like times in your life where things are like spooky or feel weird. This was just like a random night out on the town. Okay, what happened? Well, there was like a storm coming over Lake Ontario. And I was out on a night with a boy I was seeing. And I thought, like, wouldn't it be fun if we walk out to the edge of the lake and watch the storm come over the lake? And it's sort of creepy because we were down in Niagara-on-the-Lake, which is a little haunted town in Ontario. And we get to the corner of the lake and there's a little, like, part of a fort that used to be there in the 1800s that was used as, like, a lookout to watch across the lake and make sure the Americans didn't attack. Uh And there was, like, a cave that went inside all the way to the fort in town. And it's all, like like boarded off it's part of a golf course now so we were sitting there on the hill watching the storm come across this guy gets creeped out he's like i'm walking back to my car and i'm like suit yourself bud and i look over (laughs) what number date was this (laughs) oh like two or three i he was pretty regular he wasn't special (laughs) okay so i look over to my right and there's like a guy sitting there watching the storm come in too we sort of like exchange a look and look back at the storm and then i think wait a minute I didn't see anyone else walk out here. It's like we walked across a golf course. You can't hide on a golf course. I look back. No one is there. And then I think to myself, that guy was wearing like knee-high boots in the middle of summer. (laughs) And so I walk back to the car and I don't say anything about it. (laughs) But did you look back and was he still there? Like, was it one of those moments? No, he was gone. I looked back. He was gone. And like... He wasn't like see-through or fuzzy. It was just like another person sitting like five or six feet from me on the hill. Now, was he cuter than the guy you were on the date with? I have to say he was. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) The one that got away. I know. And Niagara-on-the-Lake is super haunted. Like everyone who's lived there or worked there has like four or five stories. My mom worked at a graphic design firm there when she was in her 20s and she has a bunch. But like, it's just there was a war there and there's it's just a creepy little town with ghost tours and haunted hotels and bed and breakfast and stuff. So I shouldn't have been surprised. So you would think this guy was a, sh- a soldier, right? Yeah, he was probably a Canadian. Well, it would have been British back then, but a soldier. And he was at the lookout like he would have been. And uh, then he wasn't there anymore. And I was telling, OK, I went on a ghost tour in my city around, you know, Halloween time. And after the tour, I was talking to the tour guide and he said, oh, we also do them in Niagara-on-the-Lake. We go to this part of the golf course that's super haunted <laughs> and then proceeds to tell me like the exact story I had, that had happened to me like 20 years ago. Oh, my God. So he's also been on a date and saw this guy? <laughs> well, I don't know if he was on a date, but he said, oh, everyone that goes out there says they see people like keeping watch. Oh, my God. Now, of course, I always have to ask, was it see-through? Was it glowing? Not see-through. Not glowing. Like, regular per- I mean, it was kind of dark because, you know, there's no lights at the corner there. But nothing about him except the fact that he was wearing, like, knee-high boots and pants in the summer was, like, out of place. Right. Ooh, that's cool. And there was no creepy feeling. Like, I was just like, oh. There's somebody here. No, there isn't. And then I went back to the car and I didn't say anything to that guy because he would have lost his mind. But, you know, like. It was it was creepy that it happened, but it wasn't scary. Have you had creepy paranormal experiences? One of my friends, this is such a weird thing. And I still have to my friend and I talk about the time because we can't believe it happened. 
we were in Boston. She lives near Boston. And we went out to the North End for dinner one night. And it was the summer. And it was like super busy. We left the Italian restaurant we were at. And we were like walking down a random street. And it was like time stopped. Like, what do you mean? You couldn't hear, you couldn't hear anything. And it was completely quiet. And it was like a busy night of the week. People were out walking. We walk onto this one street and there's like no sound whatsoever. It was like a movie set. But were there people? No, there's no one. Like we were just one street off the main drag and there was like no people. There were lights on and windows. So I assume there were people in the buildings. So there was no sound, no breeze, nothing. And then we walked back and like as soon as we got off that street, it was fine. And her husband and I looked at each other and we we're like, that felt like a movie set, right? And he's like, yeah, it kind of felt like time stopped when we were standing there. It was oh so weird and creepy. And we still bring it up and we're like, did that really happen? Like, it was just like we walked, maybe it's just the way the buildings are designed that it's super quiet, but it was, it was very strange. Interesting. I wonder if other people report that. Yeah, I don't even, like, I don't know the street name, so I can't really look it up. But it was, like, a super, you know, a night when everyone's out on the street. You know, people are eating outdoors. It's the middle of summer, and there's just no sound, no noise, no breeze, nothing on this little, like, tiny old street in Boston. Interesting. But have you had other, like, have you had other experiences with ghosts? I've never seen another ghost. But I have friends who've lived in houses that, you know seemed off things would yeah. happen like stuff would fall off the walls or my friends rented this house one year when they were students and it was in it was like surprisingly cheap for where it was which should have been like the first giveaway that something was wrong with the house <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it was in a really great area and it was like 400 bucks a person they couldn't believe their luck and everyone who went in the house is like i don't like the way this house feels why the ceiling was painted gray the walls were painted gray the carpets were gray the whole place was gray. It was so weird. And uh, one of my friends slept over and she said she woke up in the middle of the night and there was a person standing at the end of her bed. Ew. I know. And she was like, she thought it was one of the, you know, a house full of college kids. You'd think it's like some other roommate coming home late. But then she like rubbed her eyes. The person was gone. And she was like, yeah. And I just stayed up the rest of the night <laughs> waiting oh, to go God. home in the morning. That yeah. is definitely my worst nightmare. That's literally what the theme song of this show is about. <laughs> yeah, I like I live in a really old house and it has never felt creepy or haunted at all. And I always feel kind of like ripped off about that. Because <laughs> when we bought we bought the house, there was uh like a devil worshiping room in the basement. What do you mean? So there was our house is so old it has a room to store coal in for like a like a furnace. And now it's just like, you know, we store our old baby stuff in there that we don't need anymore. But we went to look at the house. It had been painted with like, obviously spray paint, not blood, like a pentagram. And it said like 666. And there was like candle wax all over the room. (laughs) And the worst part is we still haven't painted over it. It still looks like that? Well, the candle wax stuff's gone, but I didn't repaint the door because like no one goes in my basement. The realtor was like, oh, I forgot to paint over that before you guys came. We got a good deal on the house, so it's fine. Do you know who was living there before? Yeah, we do. Uh, she like left some of her stuff behind. The guy who owned the house had a, like an angsty teen daughter in the 90s. Okay. Because we also found like 
teen magazines that had like the guys from Metallica with heart stickers on it and stuff. <laughs> so we think like she had a bit of a goth phase in the nineties and that was, that was what was to blame. But she didn't open a portal or anything in the basement. Our house is so not haunted. Like it's unbelievable. It's an old <laughs> creaky house. You'd think like nothing happens here ever. It's so boring. Yeah. It sounds like you want it to be. Well, I mean, the odd thing might be interesting, but it was, it was like, even when I walked in the house the first time, I was like, oh, this is a really nice, like, I have a good vibe for this house. Because when you look in people's houses, you get the feeling. Yeah, And totally. it was like the first one we looked at that I was like, I could see myself here. It seems like a happy, like, a happy building, even though the guy who sold it wasn't like a happy man. It was a nice house. <laughs> and there just happened to be a room dedicated <laughs> to Satan worship. Hey, basement. when you're paying a mortgage and people aren't going to outbid you because there's a Satan room, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that it. probably turned away a lot of people. Yeah, when, I I mean, maybe it did. And we got a good deal. And now our poor our children's stuff is stored in there after they outgrow it. So hopefully that <laughs> doesn't get haunted. Hello, Kyle from Buffalo. How are you? Hey, Ron. How are you? Doing good. Um, what is going on with you? You used to be a paranormal investigator. What happened? You're not doing it anymore? No. Um, basically, I work a lot of jobs right now. And when I was going to school at Medi College, they had a paranormal club that I randomly became the president of for two years. So in that time frame, I investigated a lot of places in the Western New York area. Oh my God. Cool. So it was like part of the college. It was like a extracurricular type club. Yeah. And it was really cool. So like when I went to go to the uh, club meetups and everything, I was like, Oh, paranormal. And then all of a sudden I became president and we would investigate the school, which used to be um, a teaching school for nuns. And we've done a lot of investigations there. And then we've also gone to the Buffalo Naval Shipyard, which is amazing. Uh, Pamira Historical Museum, Iron Island Museum. And there's a lot of places that you get to go and it's pretty fun. Cool. So what was like the craziest experience that happened? Um, like... Let's see. There is one experience that was amazing where we went to the Buffalo Naval Shipyard and all the kids love that area because uh, it was from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. We would go on the ship. There's just like one guy working and he'd be like, okay, you're here. Lights are off. Have fun. And then we had full range of the uh, USS Croker, which is like the uh, submarine. So that's blacked out. The uh, Sullivan's. And then also the Little Rock. So we went to the uh, Little Rock, and there was a point where we were like uh, two levels before below the deck, and we had groups separated because we had so many of us. So we went into this lower deck that was like a bunker area for the people. And then there was a point where I started hearing noises of uh, the other group coming. So I told the guy's like, hey, let me just step forward real quick and say, like, quiet down because uh, you're going to be interfering with their audio. And the way that it works in the room is that you have to go down a stairwell, which is in a hallway into the bunker. So everybody else was in this big room, like, scattered against the walls. And I walked forward toward the stairwell. And when I looked up, I saw, and it took two years for me to actually see something physically, but I saw this orb. And imagine the size 
of like a school globe in a classroom. And it was like orange. It kind of had like a, like a watery feel to it. And it was kind of like at the height that a person's head would be at. Like someone who's like maybe 5'10", and it was kind of bobbing the way that a person would be walking down the hallway as it's, and they were going in the direction away from the other group that was coming. So I saw it and then I quickly ran upstairs, looked to my left and the other group, I was like, did you guys see that? And they said, we saw something, but what they saw was like a, a dark shadow. So I don't understand how I saw this huge bright orb and with them they saw darkness. I don't know the parascience with that, but we tried to debunk it with um, flashlights, all the, all the nine yards, but I couldn't recreate the effects. And um, that was pretty amazing. Um, well, do you think it was the same entity or do you think it could have been two different entities? I, I actually never have thought about it. I don't know how it works where from like, maybe from a different perspective, like they could see like the darkness and shadow, it taking the light, like casting it. I don't know exactly how the parascience works behind yeah. it. But to me, I think it, it definitely could have been like the same entity, maybe um, different perspectives, the way people visualize, see things, how sensitive you are, all that. So I don't, I think this, it was the same entity, but it just had like a different effect on certain people, perhaps. Yeah. Are the, now, is that ship known for having multiple ghosts? Is it like a super populated ghost uh, ship? I, I believe so, because um, that ship was actually on an episode of um, Ghost Hunters. And during the day when you go on it, there's like a ghost room that they have where they constantly like replay the episode of Ghost Hunters on a loop. Oh, cool. And, um, we actually, um, we go from the big ship to the smaller ship to the submarine, and there's always something going on. So when the kids would get ready, I was pretty excited because we always had amazing audio um, K2s were amazing. Um, that was my first time and the only time I ever physically saw something. But um, going on to a different, a different ship, um, I, we have a huge rule where you don't investigate alone because of credibility. If multiple people see one thing, it's more credible as evidence. So we K2'd an entire like, hallway and then we go into like a separate like bunker room that is uh, drawn by like, a curtain for a door. For so people that long, don't know uh, ghost hunting, what can you explain what K2 is? Uh, K2 meter is like this little black box, and then it goes from like a green light to a red light, and it measures the electromagnetic field. And basically, uh, you can use it to like talk to ghosts, and ghosts basically have a EMF about them where they can use the K2 meter in order to communicate responses to you. And then you can also use that same K2 meter to measure areas like I did to make sure that a area is dead of EMF so that when you're actually getting responses off of a K2 meter, it's credible that it goes responding to. So basically, uh, I basically did a sweep in this room. Nothing happened. It was like me and like six other people. And then we started going down this very, very long hallway. And I said, oh, no, guys, I forgot um, this device in the room I have to go back so I had my k2 meter in my hands and I walked down this long hallway and in my mind my group was at the very end and they could still see me so I wasn't technically alone but the second that I got to the curtain 
I had my K2 in my hand and I drew it open dramatically and just like walked in to get my device, my K2 meter went from green to red and it stayed there for a good like 15 seconds. Ooh. I, I know. And I never had that happen to me before. So usually when you use K2, it would be like green to yellow and it'll just be like for like a second, but it was 15 seconds, pure red. We did a sweep of hands and there was nothing in that room emitting um, EMF. So I walked in and immediately, immediately went, I am so sorry. I did not mean to just barge in here without announcing myself. Uh, we were in here before and I left something in here and trying to like, and I couldn't see anything. What I forgot was my flashlight. So I was just like in a dark room with this K2 meter, the only light that's on red. And then I hear footsteps behind me. And then another investigator comes behind me. And he says, Kyle, like, you know, what's up? Are you okay? And at that moment, right when he comes around the corner, the K2 meter goes to green. And they just like left. And I immediately ran out and said, guys, we have to reinvestigate this room because this happens. And we went in and nothing ever happens again on the uh, K2 meter on that so it just left that's so crazy how it just stayed there i feel like your k2 meter was inside of the ghost it just Maybe. Like stuck I, in it <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know he was probably starting his dominance it's just like hey what are you doing this is my room I'm like oh okay sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but whenever we went into the Buffalo Naval Shipyard, we always have like some sort of like audio going on or, and I felt bad because I tried to look for my, um, EVPs, but it was on a flash drive and I can't find it. So I was very distraught because, um, that leads me to the Palmyra Historical Museum in Palmyra, New York. And there, it's basically this huge museum. The woman's name is Bonnie and she's really sweet. And she basically... It's like a decently priced tours, eight people, we go in and same thing. We always had a good audio there, nice reads on the cage meter. There's a um, three houses, the museum area, the mule, like I call it the mule building, and then a general store where above it lives a recluse who moved to New York to pursue a career, failed, came back and died. So um, what I experienced there that was amazing was there was a point where I was investigating the mule house and I was giving a tour with some girls behind me and we walked up to a door and I said, beyond this door is a long hallway that goes into the basement. And so when I put my hands on the door handle, the entire door just like shut in on itself on into the frame. So it was close already and then it was as if somebody was on the other side and took the door handle and just like yanked it as hard as they could so that I could open the door. And I thought I was the only one who could like saw that. So I didn't say anything. And then someone behind me said, oh my God. And I was like, yeah. So I very slowly, dramatically, horror movie style opened the door and there was nothing beyond it. And I'm a huge debunker as well. So I, there were no windows, there was no draft, the AC didn't kick on, and we went forward. Nobody was in the basement that could mess with us. Um, so that happens. And then in the general store where the woman passed away, it was closing time, one investigation, and I was with Bonnie. And we just did a sweep basement all the way up to the third floor together because she had to close down the building. 
And I had to go through and make sure that my investigators didn't leave miscellaneous items like pendulums or dowsing rods or anything like that. So we did a full sweep. Nobody was there. And there's a loud chime on the front door security-wise so that if someone were to open the door, it you would hear it even on like the third floor as if it was right next to you. So when we went to the first floor in a back stairwell uh, staircase, uh, I saw old books, which I love. And I talked to Bonnie and said, hey, these books are really nice. Tell me about it. And then we started having a conversation. And then very like movie style above us, we heard like seven to eight female footsteps that were going across the kitchen. And we both stopped and we looked at each other. And I loved it because both of our responses were to run up the stairwell to see who was up there. And we redid the sweep and nobody was there. And it was pretty cool. Oh my God. So does this Bonnie woman, is she, does she deal with this just every day? Yes. Uh, so she basically, the museum is open during the day and basically they have, um, it's like an hour and a half long story that she tells me and they had a house that was located in a different area. And then they moved that museum on top of the grounds. And hopefully I mean this correctly, like a family of seven passed away there from like a fire. And then they have the woman who was a recluse who died about the general store. And so she is a huge paranormal person. So she does normal standard museum days, museum tours during the day. And then at night, like it's full on ready for ghost hunting. So basically she is happy and giddy about it. You meet her at like 8 p.m. and she has the biggest smile on her face. She's like, okay guys, are you ready to go? I'm like, yeah. So she deals with it with like every night and she loves it. That is so cool. So what about the college that you went to was the, um, what do you call that? A nunnery? What what do, what do you call what, uh, I, a convent? I think- I don't think it was a nunnery. Um, basically, it's a huge historical place and they have all these pictures on the wall. And one picture was of all the nuns that were going there like one year. There was like maybe like over a hundred of them. And I think it was like, it was one of those like standard uh, colleges where there was like another photo where like a nun was like next to like a chemistry set. So I think it was a a teaching school for nuns to become teachers and go off to other like uh, Christian Catholic schools or whatever to teach. Got it. Okay. But were there any nun ghosts? There was, we did a K2 slash audio thing and there was one ghost that claimed to be a nun and basically we also had a couple of psychics who would come visit on some investigations and they claimed that the classroom that we were in used to be a break room for the nuns so there was apparently a nun that was there on the break room um there was also reports of a nun that was um in the like the top tier it's a coffee shop it used to be like an attic of the college um but those are just like rumors and reports and while investigating we didn't get to experience seeing a nun but a lot of students who were um, investigating in the club claimed to be sensitive and they could like see things, hear things. Whenever we did um, EVPs, there were a lot of audio, some of which were like normal, um, just like yes or no, but some of them were very dark actually. It sounded um, like demonic. Like, really? Okay. Yeah. So it was um, this one girl was asking questions and this one person. 
uh, who this one ghost who responded just kind of like a, a deep, raspy voice and would respond with like really harsh, like yes or no. And it seems a little bit um, malicious in tone. I don't know if he just had like a smoker's voice or whatever, but. Um, I mean, it could be a smoky nun. I know, exactly. Like, you know, it's been high teaching. <laughs> No. Yeah, these kids. Um, well, because I'm obsessed with you know Catholic stuff, and I like the movie The Nun. To me, it's like I think that's such a great concept. That's just like this demon that's posing as a nun. I think that's amazing. What you should here's what you should do next time you investigate that place. You should play the Sister Act soundtrack. Oh and my god! See what happens. <laughs> I was actually listening to that the other day. That's so funny you brought that up. Oh, God. <laughs> I think it would just randomly turn into like a ghost musical and all the kids would start dancing. And then it would be like the end of Beetlejuice where all like the football players, except nuns, would just start dancing. Yes. And I then you float up into the air. Oh, I would love that. Bucket that list. sounds amazing. <laughs> I've been ghosted too. Special thank you to our incredible listeners. Caitlin, Pony, Rachel, and Kyle. Again, I would love to have you be on the show if you got a ghost story to tell. So please email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and put listener episode in the subject line. Guys, we have some wonderful shows coming up. Again, next week we've got Harvey Guillen from What We Do in the Shadows. If you have not seen that show yet, go check it out. It is my two favorite things in the world, which are spooky and hilarious. And uh, I can't wait for that episode to come out. So make sure you're subscribed. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show. And... If you could, tell your friends about the show. You know, maybe put it in an Insta story or a tweet or or just some word of mouth. It always helps out. Thank you so much. Please join the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. I'm on Instagram, at Roz Dresvelez. My paranormal pooch, Rocky, is also on Instagram, at Rocky the Diva. You guys, Halloween is upon us. I love you all. Both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A podcast network.